Well, good morning, Whiting. How are you all doing this morning? Yeah, me too, me too. No. Uh, several years ago, in fact, when I was a, a child, uh, I was maybe 11, 12, uh, maybe 13 years old. I, I can't quite remember now. Um, and uh, one of the, the just great gifts, right, for some reason as a child, um, I, uh, I identified myself as a Cubs fan. I don't know why I did that. I don't do so any longer. I've been cured of that disease. Uh, but I was a huge Ryan Sandberg fan. Uh, I mean, I, everywhere I went, I would walk into these sports stores and, and uh, you know, I would find the Ryan Sandberg stuff, you know. If I got a pack of baseball cards, I was looking for Ryan Sandberg, right? And, and uh, on one occasion, I don't know if it was my birthday, if it was Christmas, I, I don't exactly remember what it was that, that I received this, but, but my parents got me this. It was just shortly after uh, Ryan Sandberg had retired, you know, uh, 84 NL MVP, nine-time Gold Glove Award winner. I mean, all of his stats right here on the plaque. And, and on the picture, it, it's signed. Ryan Sandberg. Oh. What a gift. Now let me tell you what gives this gift value. Not only am I a huge Ryan Sandberg fan, by the way, he's in the Hall of Fame, but what gives this gift value is the fact that it has a, on the back of it a certificate of authenticity. No, my dad did not just take a, a photo of Ryan Sandberg and sign Ryan Sandberg on the photo. It has a certificate of authenticity that, that ties its value to its, to its authenticity. It's real. And no, you can't have it. But its value is because it's authentic. And Scripture, in fact, is much the same way. You see, uh, we tie our, the value of Scripture with its authenticity. Uh, we, tie, uh, we tie what we, what we say is important with, with what we know is authentic. We around here think Scripture has enormous value. We get all excited about looking at, at core values of who we are as a church. And, and as we were going through uh, looking at core values, uh, the values that, that underlie decisions that we make around here uh, on a regular basis, one of the things that cropped to the surface uh, most prominently was that, that we value connecting with God through His Word. We value that. Uh, we value Scripture uh, to the extent that, uh, that when we look at Scripture, we say, you know what, that needs to shape what, what happens in our small groups and in our Sunday school times and with our kids on Wednesday night. Uh, we're so uh, excited about the value of Scripture around here that, that when our students, when our kids come home and, and they're reciting memory verses and they're, they're asking questions about Scripture, we get really excited about that because we value Scripture highly around here. We value Scripture. Now, 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 some of you, in all honesty, maybe you walked in this morning and, and you're not quite sure about the value of Scripture. 
Uh, you walked in and, and maybe uh, you see the, the value of Scripture as, as something that's, that's valued, but it's valued in a different way perhaps than, than I have just described to you. Maybe you've looked at Scripture and you value Scripture uh, in the same way that you value uh, Herman Melville's Moby Dick or, or Tom Sawyer's Huck Finn. Uh, maybe it's valued to you uh, uh, like uh, uh, one of those uh, many thousands of versions of Chicken Soup for the Soul or, or the latest version of Sports Illustrated. And if you walked in this morning thinking any one of those things, uh, I, I want to ask a question, a question that I think is, is vitally important for those of us who say Scripture has enormous eternal value. And that question is, what makes it authentic? How do we know that it's really real? Where's the certificate of authenticity? In this passage of Scripture that we're going to get into this morning, Peter, in this book that we're going through, uh, 2 Peter, um, he's going to begin to lay out some things for us in response. You see, uh, he is in a situation where he is saying to all those that he is writing to, hey, we value Scripture. And there are some who have infiltrated the church. There are some who, who have become like uh, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing who have, have begun, begun to, to come into their midst and, and have become, begun to say things like, Scripture's not really real. They've begun to say things like, um, Scripture's valued, but it's not 100% authentic. It's not 100% reliable. It's not absolutely credible. Uh, they're coming along and saying, hey, it doesn't have a certificate of authenticity to it. Maybe you shouldn't value it as highly as you do. And so for one reason or another, for, for one uh, expectation that was unmet in their lives, uh, for whatever reason, they take this pearl of Scripture and they cast it before the pigs and they allow the pigs just to trample over the top of Scripture and, and it's begun to lose its values. There are some in his culture, in his society that have just said, you know, uh, the, the truths of Scripture need to fade. And Peter comes back and says, no, it's absolutely authentic. And I guess what I want us to see this morning is that he's going to point out the authenticity of Scripture, and he's going to point out the authorship of Scripture, and he's going to point out the actions that, that result when people live by Scripture. He's going to point out the source of Scripture and the origin of Scripture, and he's going to come back and he's going to point out the effects of Scripture in people's lives. So if you'll join me in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, Verse 20 and 21, if you're reading along with me, it's going to be 853 in the Pew Bibles in front of you, and I'll, I'll give you a moment so that you can turn there. Second Peter, way at the end of the New Testament. First Peter, if you get to First Peter, you're almost there. And then Second Peter, or if you prefer, to Peter. Uh, some of you will get that later. I want to begin reading in verse 20. And above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. Now, now let me just stop just, just a moment there in verse 20. Uh, when he talks about prophecy, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture, uh, what he's talking about when he talks about prophecy, he's not talking about the horoscope in the first century newspaper, okay? Okay. 
He's talking about the whole of the Old Testament prophets who, who have unfolded consistently over the centuries God's plan. His Word has been unfolding for centuries, and, and God was behind it. Uh, he, he's, he's pointing uh, to the authorship of Scripture, and he's saying it's so unbelievably consistent. Just go ahead and look at the, what the prophets were doing. They were unfolding the history of God's plan for centuries and if, it, if it's consistent, then we can look at the authorship of, of Scripture and say it's authentic. But that's not the only thing that he says. There's, there's so much more that he says. Recognize what he says as, as I move forward. Verse 21, For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. These prophets who were there with God, they, they didn't have their own uh, self-prescribed agenda, okay? They weren't trying to trick anybody. They weren't trying to, to make a buck on the side by trying to trick massive amounts of people and have some uh, bit of control over them. That, that's not what this is all about. Uh, what this text is saying uh, quite, quite plainly and clearly is that, that God is the author, that he was the one that was, that was carrying them along. Now, there's an interesting term here. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Uh, just so that you know, this is not the Holy Spirit physically lifting them up and carrying them along the way, okay? When it says they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, it, it really is a matter of, of them being so compelled by the Holy Spirit that they were writing exactly what it was that God wanted them to write, Several of you know, I've mentioned him several times, that I have a mentor who passed away a number of years ago. He was a teacher of mine, a friend of mine, Bob Lowry. He was a, a teacher in seminary, and, he, and, and Bob just had this way of bringing out the best in me. He, he would capture my attention in a class, and he would compel my submission to the point that, that if Bob had asked me, Mike, I, I want you to go Jump, your, jump off a bridge or, or throw yourself in a lake. I, I want you to go to the moon. I would have done it because Bob was the one asking me. When it talks about those who were carried along by the Holy Spirit, uh, what Peter is saying is that they were so captured. Their attention was, was so captured. Their submission was so compelled that when the Holy Spirit said, go, I want you to go, I want you to jump in a lake, uh, that those who were following along, those who were listening, were, were absolutely willing to say, yes, I will go. And, 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 and what we're hearing is that God is the author of Scripture. Uh, what we're reading is that, is that God was the originator that God had this plan in place, that, that He was the one unfolding the pages as they went, and, and He allowed people to use their own language and use their own culture to communicate uh, His message. But that's the, that's the bottom line. It was His message. He designed it. He constructed it. He opened it up. And because He is the source, because He is the author, because He is the originator, it has reliability and authenticity throughout time. Folks, God is the author of Scripture. Because God has authorship, Scripture is authentic. Now, is that it? Or is there more? 
you know that I'm only seven and a half minutes or whatever into this sermon, so there's got to be more, right? Uh, there's more. Peter doesn't just end there. He doesn't just end with authorship. Uh, he, he is so intentional about tying authenticity with authorship, authenticity with the origin, but, but he's also intentional about something else. He ties together uh, authorship and authenticity, but he also intentionally links together, uh, ties together uh, the fact that, that authenticity comes along with the effects of Scripture. That, that, that the effects, that the actions that Scripture prompts in people uh, also comes along with authenticity. Uh, go ahead and look in the middle portion of verse 19. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. Now, now catch this. You will do well to pay attention to it. Talking about the Scriptures. Now, now what does this mean, pay attention to it? Uh, several years ago, I had the opportunity to go to visit uh, Haddon Robinson. Now, in the preaching world, you know, uh, here's Jesus and here's Haddon Robinson, okay? Like Haddon Robinson has done maybe more than any other individual in the last half century for preaching. And, and Haddon Robinson happened to be uh, going to the place where I was uh, uh, going to seminary at the time. And I thought, I have to go here, Haddon Robinson, and so I went, and he was going to be preaching, and, and he was going to be uh, uh, doing a Q&A afterwards. And I thought, man. And so I went, and I sat, and I just, oh, longingly looked into every word, and oh, wasn't that wonderful? It just he, So, oh, that's great. Have you ever been there? Uh, today, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's really... And I was just hanging on every word that he said. I mean, he, was, uh, he had just recently come out with a book, and I thought, I'm going to go buy some books. And so I went, and I stood in line, and, and he autographed my book, you know, Mike, best preacher I've met today in this last minute. And, and, and I just wanted to do this. I wanted to hang on his words so that the effects of what he's taught would show up in my preaching. When Peter talks about paying attention to Scripture, he's saying that we approach the Scriptures with, with such an anticipation of what we're going to hear that we will practice and obey. That what we're listening to, we will live out. That what we hear, we'll act on. And so the question, the, the question about authenticity has something to do with with us. How are the effects of the Scripture that we're paying attention to showing up in our life? You see, when we begin to live by this Word, when we begin to pay attention to it, when we begin to, 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 to open up this Word and live by what it says, what we are doing, folks, is we are confirming the authenticity of Scripture by the effects that show up in our lives. Because the bottom line is this, if we're living by this Word, it's going to have results. It's going to have outcomes that everybody recognizes. The biblical term for that is fruit. People are going to look at us and recognize the kind of identity that we hold. There's something noticeable in our lives that's an outcome. And, and Peter says it so clearly. He said the, when, when we look at the authenticity of Scripture and we begin to live it out, we confirm what God has said is authentic. 
because we live it that way. And he says it's, the effects of Scripture are, are so clear, it's like the sun coming up over the horizon. Look, look at that last portion of verse 19. Talking about the effects of Scripture and connecting that with its authenticity. Notice, notice the end of verse 19. He says, It's as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. He's saying this, folks. When you begin to live out the words of Scripture, when its effects begin to be felt in your life, when you begin to act on what it is that you are seeing, hearing, and noticing about God's Word, uh, when you do those kinds of things, it's like a thousand fireflies on a summer night that show up. It's like going to Disneyland and that night you recognize the, the fireworks at night. It's like the sun peeking up over the hills. You see, we affirm the authenticity of Scripture when we begin to celebrate its authorship and when we begin to live out its truths. By celebrating its authorship and living out its truth, we affirm the authenticity of Scripture. You see, our God and our lives demonstrate the authenticity of Scripture. So let me remind you, just really quick, quickly, why we have this conversation about authenticity, why it's important. You remember, I, I talked to you uh, at the very opening, at the very beginning, I, I just wanted to say, hey... Uh, this has to be authentic. Because if it's anything but authentic, 100% authentic, then it, then it lacks the kind of value that it needs. And the authenticity begins with its authorship and it lives in you and the effects that it has. Now some of you are probably sitting there saying, "Well, why are we preaching this sermon on authenticity? I already believe that. Some of you have said, uh, as you're sitting there listening to this sermon, you said, well, I approach the Scripture like this. The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. But let me tell you, for most of our culture, that's not the case. And so we have a unique opportunity to come into the world that we live in and say, there's good reason that we hold the value of Scripture highly. And it begins with God and it ends with us. Because we affirm it in some way. You know, as a, a Bible college professor, there's often times that, that I get to look on young lives and, and I get to watch as the effects of Scripture begin to play out in their lives as the sun comes over the horizon in their lives and, and they begin uh, to recognize the power of Scripture for their lives and for others' lives. It's, it's a great thing. But there are also times when I am, I am struck by an academic argument of those who would like to fade, fade the fabrics of Scripture, to question biblical truth, to question the authenticity of Scripture that you and I come to believe in, to hold high, to value. Why is it that we have to talk about authenticity? Because there are those, quite frankly, in the world uh, that would like to say the Bible is less than authentic. I ran into this quote when reading a book recently um, by Marcus Borg. And it just makes me wince at the words that he uses. The book's entitled, The God We Never Knew. 
He wrote this, I let go of the notion that the Bible is a divine product. I learned that it's a human cultural product, the product of two ancient communities, biblical Israel and early Christianity. As such, it contained their understandings and affirmations, but not statements coming directly or even somewhat directly from God. Why is it that we need sermons on the authenticity of Scripture? Why is it that we need to look at the authorship of Scripture and its effects in people's lives? It's because of quotes like that. It's because of opposition to those that would even deliberately try and say that that Scripture is less than 100% authentic. You see, we affirm the authenticity of Scripture by recognizing who the author is and recognizing its effects in people's lives. We celebrate the authorship. And we live out the truths. Our God and our lives demonstrate the authenticity of Scripture. And folks, here is where we have an unbelievable opportunity. We have this wonderful opportunity uh, to allow the sunrise to come up in our lives so that everybody recognizes it. When we begin to live according to the words of Scripture, uh, you recognize, I recognize that it has real results. It has real outcomes. Everybody sees it. Uh, How many of you on a clear morning can see the sunrise if you're up early enough? All of us. It's noticeable. It's recognizable. Peter is saying, you have this glorious opportunity to live out that kind of truth and by doing so, affirm the Scriptures as authentic. So, let's say that you're in your office and you're on your computer. You've struggled with pornography before, with a sexually explicit material, and, and, and you're tempted to go there again. You, you, you recognize this struggle and this temptation in your own life, and, and you struggle with it. And there's something there in that moment that, that, that you remember of Scripture, that you are to live a life worthy of the gospel, of the calling that you have received from God, and, and that Scripture begins to to show its effect in your life, and you pull your hand away from the mouse, and you walk away from the computer, and you say, not today. And the results of Scripture, the effects of Scripture show up in your life, and by doing so, you say, Scripture is authentic to me. And maybe it's not even sexually explicit material on the computer. Maybe for you, it's, it's when you're at your computer and you love the auction sites, right? Like Craigslist and eBay are on your, on your, on your, on your toolbar, and you begin, and you begin just to, to like raise that paddle uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a virtual environment, and, and it just it, it takes you down a hole of, of discontentment over and over again. And you remember that verse, and you say, "You know what? I'm going to live life worthy of the gospel that I've, I've received, and I'm going to live differently." And it shows up in your life, and when it does. You're saying to Scripture, you, I, I value this Word and it's authentic. How many of you have been at a, at a restaurant? You've gone up to the counter. You've ordered your food. I, I'd like a, uh, I was in California recently. Uh, they had this place called In-N-Out Burger. And you can go in and out, and, and they have like triples, and you can get like stacks and stacks. So let's say that I go in and I get like a quadruple burger with uh, everything on it. 
and then I get a fry. It's called an animal, right? Let's say I get an animal and it's got everything on it. And I, I just, I'm like, oh, I'm over budget already, so I'm going to get a water cup. Anybody there? You get a water cup? And I sit down, I go back, I sit down, and I'm like, oh, I'm chowing down on this stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, water isn't quite touching it. I really need an iced tea. I really need some soda. You know, that Pepsi or that Coke, oh, that would just taste so good. And you're back in the back, and there's a fountain right there. And you have a, you have a water cup. It costs you nothing. And you look at that water cup, and you look at your food, and, you, and, you're, and you're tempted right in that moment. You heard the commercial that sip stealing is legal in all 50 states, but you're not quite sure. And so you begin listening to Scripture in your mind. I shouldn't steal. This is stealing. So you walk up to the fountain and you push the water button. And in that moment, the effects of Scripture is being realized in your life. And what you're saying very clearly is that the authenticity of Scripture has just been raised in your life. You're with a friend. You're with a boss. You're with a colleague. And for some reason, once in a while, you, you like to embellish or you like to try and protect yourself by, by telling little white lies that they're never really going to know. But you want to protect yourself. Or you want to make yourself look a little better than you really are. Or, or, or you want to save face on something that, uh, that's, that's a little awkward. And so you begin into this conversation and you begin telling them that little white lie. I mean, it's, it's just kind of a half-truth more than the whole truth. And so you begin to try and justify that kind of behavior and it occurs to you deep within your mind, deep within your heart and your life, you know what? A scripture asks me as a follower of Jesus to be better than that. Scripture doesn't want me to lie. And words of Jesus begin pummeling at your heart and your mind. And, and right there, mid-sentence, right, right there in the middle of that conversation with the colleague, with the, the husband or wife or, or co-worker, and you say, you know what, I, I need to back up just a little bit. This is really what I'm thinking. This is really what I'm feeling. This is really the situation. And in that moment, the effects of Scripture show up in your life and you're saying so clearly, that Scripture has value and it's authentic. We could be here all day. I could come up with a thousand more scenarios. But the question is, are the effects of Scripture being felt in your life to such an extent that you're saying very clearly to anyone who is watching the outcomes of my way of life Affirm Scripture to be authentic. You see, we affirm the authenticity of Scripture by celebrating its authorship, by living out its truths. By celebrating its authorship and living out its truths, we, we affirm the authenticity of Scripture. Our, our God and our lives demonstrate 
the authenticity of Scripture. And when we hold high the authenticity of Scripture for everybody to see, what we're doing is we're tying together value and authenticity. And we're saying, this is the kind of value that I will move forward with in my life because I am a follower of Jesus. You want to be tough enough? Know that Scripture is absolutely authentic. Pray with me. Gracious God, we love you. Thank you so much for your, your, your service to us. You've given us your word. It, it penetrates our lives. It's hard at times, but, but we thank you for it. And I pray, Father, as, as difficult, as, as uh, needling as it sometimes can be, that, that we will absolutely come forward and we will live out and we will recognize the authorship and, Father, its effects in how we live. Guide and lead us to that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.